As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, Pastor Michael Jackson. Welcome to the Wednesday night. Gotta get right Bible study once again coming to you with a word for your heart and for your soul. We pray that all is well between you and the Lord tonight. As of course, always, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are streaming right now live over Facebook and YouTube, Periscope and Twitter, Spreaker and Spreaker.com. That is our podcast platform. You can also go to YouTube and you can subscribe to our channel there. You can also go to our website at that's the word.org. Amen. So we bless the Lord and we thank him for what he is uh, doing uh, in our hearts and lives. You can also uh, find all of our podcasts uh, on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, and Podcast Addict. Amen. So once again, we thank the Lord. If you're watching over Facebook, uh, you can take the time out to share this page that others also may be blessed. And if you are watching over Periscope, why don't, you, why don't you just retweet that others also may be blessed. Amen. Well, we are in the midst of a study on the Word of God. We started the year out talking about the Word of God. And our series in, is entitled Sharper. Sharper, a study, a study on the power and relevance of the Word of God. Yes, the Word of God is relevant. The Word of God is for today. The Word of God is for you. More than ever before, we need the power of the word of God. Amen. On the first week, we were talking about the mighty peas. And on the second week, we talked about having a word's eye view as opposed to having a world's eye view. And on the third week, we talked about uh, what the Bible says on various subjects. And on last week, uh, we talked about the friendly enemies. That is the enemies of Scripture. And on tonight, I'm wondering if you really do want to understand the Bible. If you really do want to understand the Bible, there are going to be some things that you need to have in place before this can ever happen. It's a good thing. It's a very good thing that you want to understand the Bible, but maybe you're at a place in your life where you really want to understand the Bible, but you really, you just can't take it in. You just can't grasp it. You just do not understand it. Well, tonight's study is all about keys to word comprehension keys to word comprehension amen so grab your smart device and pull up a chair get a bible stay with us for a little bit and i'm sure that you will be blessed amen let's pray lord we bless your name we thank you once again for giving us this opportunity uh, to share your word lord we pray uh, that you will speak to those uh, listening and watching right now who need who desire to have a relationship with you but lord Even more than that, they want to know your word as they come to know you. So, Lord, I pray that you'll speak to their hearts tonight as we open up your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Don't forget to share. Don't forget to share this as you are watching. We see you. We thank you for joining us tonight. We pray that you'll stay with us for a little bit. And I'm sure, I'm sure that the Lord will have a word for you tonight. Amen. Well, let's first... uh, We're going to talk about 10 keys. I'm going to give you 10 keys uh, to understanding the word of God. You need to have some things in place. Now, these things are not in any particular order. They're not in any particular order. But the first one, the first one is on top because it is the most important one. Without number one in place, two through 10 make no sense. Number one has to be in place. And number one, 
you really want to understand the word of God. You say you really want to understand, but I just can't make heads or tails of it. I just, I just cannot grasp it. Why? Number one, if you want to understand the word of God, you must be born again. Hey, you must be born again. The same words that Jesus spoke to Nicodemus in John chapter number three. He told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus had no idea what Jesus was talking about. When Jesus told him he must be born again, he said, must I go up into my mother's womb again and be born? And Jesus was amazed that he was a teacher, but he knew not these things. No, he said, you must be born again. That means that you have to be saved. If you're not saved, if you're not a child of God, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, dwelling inside of you. It is not possible for you to understand the word of God. Now that's a very blunt statement, but it happens to be very true. If you don't have the Holy Spirit within you, it is not possible for you to understand the word of God. First of all, the desire, the desire to want to know the word of God has to come from the Holy Spirit anyway. But now, if an individual who is not saved comes to a point in their life where they say, I'm going to start reading the Bible, and this does happen, unsaved people come to a point in their life where somehow they are spiritually awakened, but they are not yet saved, and they go uh, on a regimen of Bible reading. They believe that Bible reading is going to make them better. Well, it will not hurt. And I've heard many testimonies of individuals becoming saved after reading the Bible. It can happen. Don't get me wrong. This can happen. A person can come to the Lord through Bible reading. The Holy Ghost can speak through the word and that person can give their heart to the Lord. Oh yes, I've heard many testimonies of this happening. However, under normal circumstances, if I can call them normal, an unsaved person who reads the Bible is not going to have an understanding of the Bible. Okay? So, here's the rule. To know the word, okay? To know the word, you must know the word. You understand that? In order to know the word of God, the Bible, to understand it, you must first know the word. Who is the word? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Okay? The Bible says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, talking about Jesus, the word was with God, and the word was God. So, the Bible defines the word as also being none other than Jesus Christ. So, if you want to understand this, you have to come to know him. Okay? So, you must be born again. Here's what here's what Jesus says in John chapter 3, verse number 3 and 7. Jesus answered and said unto him, Nicodemus, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And then he says in verse 7, marvel not that I told you, you must be born again. Amen. You must be born again. <clears throat> Now we have a question, <coughs> excuse me, the question is, why did Jesus, why did Jesus speak to his children in parables? Well, there's a good reason why Jesus spoke to his, to his children, talking about the disciples, the disciples. He specifically spoke to his disciples in parables because he did not, he did not always want everyone to know what he was saying. He spoke in parables to them. And then he would go and explain what the parables meant. In the parable of the sower, Jesus spoke about different types of seeds. And they asked him, when, once this parable was over, they asked Jesus, what did it mean? And Jesus broke it down to them what it meant. And so, once again, Jesus at many times did not want everyone to understand everything that he was saying. It was for his disciples. He was there 
teacher, and he taught them exclusively certain things that everyone else did not know. It was not for them to know. He told everyone else many things that he told everyone, but for his disciples, many of the things that he told them, it was for them. Okay, so I hope that answers your question. Now, <clears throat> here's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 and verse number 14. It says, the person, listen, the person that is not born again, before I say the scripture, the person that is born again, once again, it's not possible for them to understand the word of God. There may be a mental understanding. You may understand what it means right here, but scripture is taken through the heart. It is through the heart. And so we must understand it that way. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 14. It says, But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. So unless a man is born again and has the Spirit of God dwelling in him or her, it is not possible for them to truly and fully comprehend what the Bible is saying. It is not possible. Once again, there will be a mental assent. Yes, I get it. Yes, I understand what that says. Fine. But do you understand what that says? There is a difference. There is a difference between understanding here and understanding here. And for the child of God, here is most important. Now, here's key number two. Key number two in word comprehension. If you want to understand the word of God, there must be a hunger. There must be a hunger for the truth that is found in the word. Are you hungry? Are you hungry? Is it what you desire? Is it your is it your passion? I could use that word. Are you passionate about it? Okay, because the Bible says that of much study, there is weariness of flesh. Now, none of us, including myself, I am not a Bible scholar. Okay, I, I, I oh yes, I have some degrees in this and that, but I am not a Bible scholar. It is not necessary for you to be a Bible scholar to understand the word of God. It is not necessary for you to have any doctorate, any type of uh, uh, papers or any kind of uh, credentials or degrees. It is not necessary to have all of that to be understanding the word of God. Okay, all of those things are good. And in some cases, they are necessary uh, depending on your line of work. But as far as the kingdom of God, as far as living the Christian life, you don't need to have all of those accolades. The Bible says it is not needful, it is not necessary that you have a teacher. Of course, the Lord has put teachers in the body. We have the five-fold ministry, and teachers are one of those ministries. So the teacher is put uh, in the body to be able to explain those things uh, which others may not understand. They are gifted to be able to bring forth uh, an understanding of the word of God and to help people apply that word. So when the Bible says that you need not a teacher, he's talking about the fact that the Holy Spirit, even the teacher himself, has to rely upon the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the, the divine teacher. The Bible says when he comes that he will teach you all things. That's from John chapter 14. He will teach you all things. Okay, so we rely on the Spirit of God. And if the Spirit of God is not within us, we cannot know or understand His Word. And so, do I have a hunger? Do I have a hunger? Do I have a passion? Do I have a thirst uh, for the Word of God? Here's what it says in John 8, starting in verse number 31. It says, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Notice what Jesus says. He says, if you continue, if you continue in my word. So there must be a constant, a constant reading of the word of God. A constant applying oneself to the word of God. If you continue in my word. Bible reading, ladies and gentlemen, is 
a what we call a spiritual discipline. It is a discipline. We must we must teach ourselves to read. Now, some will say, I just don't like to read. I don't like to read. Well, for that individual, here's what you should do. I advise that you simply pray. Pray. Ask the Lord to give you a love for the word of God. A love for the word of God. There are some people who have never been to a Bible study. There are some people who don't have any any uh, inclination to attend a Bible study. And this is problematic. If you're a Christian, you need to be in a Bible study. Somewhere where the word is being broken down, verse by verse, you need to be in a Bible study. You need to know this word. Listen, the spirit of Antichrist, John chapter 4, the spirit of Antichrist is alive and well in the world as we speak. And the spirit of Antichrist is a spirit of false doctrine and error. There is a spirit attached to every doctrine, especially every false doctrine. And false doctrine is meant to draw and pull the unassuming, biblically illiterate child of God away from truth. That's the function of false doctrine. It pulls. It pulls the child of God away from truth. But it doesn't need to happen. It doesn't need to happen if we would feed ourselves upon the word, if we would apply ourselves to the word, if we would take time and read what it says, pray, Lord, enlighten, Lord, open up my mind so I can receive, so I can understand what your word says. I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to be a victim of the enemy's deception. There are many Christians who are, who are, who are caught up, who are caught up in deception. I didn't say that they're not Christians. I said that they are Christians. I mean that they are Christians, but they are caught up in a web of deception. Biblical error mirrors biblical truth. It sounds like truth. It feels like truth. It has the look of truth, but it is not truth. It is not truth. And so there must be a passion for God's truth. Lord, show me the truth. Show me the truth. And God will not. I am not under the belief that the Lord will lead an individual into error. He will not. Because the Holy Spirit is not the promoter of error. He does not promote error. He, he does not proclaim error. The Holy Spirit lifts up Jesus because he is the spirit of truth. First John chapter number four talks about the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. That lets us know that these two entities do exist. There is a spirit of error. There is a spirit of truth. Lord, bind me close to the spirit of truth. Lord, I don't want to step out of line. Lord, I don't want to be deceived. Lord, show me your way. Teach me thy way, O Lord. That ought to be our prayer. So we must make sure that when we do this, when we do this, the Bible says here in verse number 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now, I want you to take this one with you. Error cannot set you free. Error will not bring deliverance. Error will not set you at liberty. Error will not cause you to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. It is not possible because it is error. It is error. The whole thought behind biblical error, the whole thought behind false teaching, the whole reason why the enemy pushes forth false teaching is to steal and rob truth from the hearts of God's people. That's what he wants to do. Amen. God bless you, Calvin. God bless you. Praise the Lord. We bless you and we thank you for you being with us. Pray you stay with us for a little bit tonight. Let's go to key number three. Key number three. 
we're talking about tonight, keys to word comprehension. If you want to understand what the Bible says, we understand, listen, we understand that the Bible is, is a very difficult book to take in. It's ancient, meaning it's old, but the truth that is in it is practical and it is life-changing if you take it in, if you take it in. Now, at the end of this podcast, when we're done with these keys, we have time. We're going to give you three things that need to happen if you're going to be blessed by the word of God. Three things that need to happen if you're going to be blessed by the word of God. Okay, so key number three. If I'm going to understand the word of God, I must desire to do God's will. I must desire to do God's will. Do you want to do what God wants you to do? Or are you you out on your own tangent doing your own thing your own way? You see, there's a such thing as we call Bible application. We don't read the Bible just for devotion, not just for devotion. Yes, reading the Bible does, quote, make you feel good. But we read the Bible primarily for application. Okay? We read it for application. It reproves us. It rebukes us. It comforts us. It does all of these things for us. There is a, and we've talked about it already, but we'll go over it again uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, There is an eightfold ministry of the word of God, an eightfold ministry. And like I said, we talked about it already. Here's what Jesus says in John chapter 7, starting at verse number 16. He says, Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. So here's what needs to happen. We need, we should already have a mindset, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. You see, I can't have the mindset that I'm going to read the word, but I'm going to still live my life the way I want to live my life. That cannot be it. Okay? You have no you have no desire to apply that which you read to your life. Bible application is basic. We need to take the words that we read, take the instruction that we receive from the Bible, and put it into practice in our life. And the only way that we can put it into practice in our life, once again, is if we are born again. That goes back to point to key number one. We must be born again. You cannot apply what you do not have. You cannot apply what you do not believe. You cannot apply that which you cannot understand. So we need to have a desire to do God's will. Lord, show me your way so that I can do your will. Show me your way so that I can do your will. Here's what he says once again. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine. The more you do his will, the more you apply yourself to do his will, the more his word will be within you the more desire you will have to read, to do. But we must have that desire. Key number four. Key number four. If you're going to understand, to comprehend the word of God, you must desire to grow. You must desire to grow. Do you want to be more than what you are? What is your goal as a Christian? What is your goal as a Christian? What more than anything do you want? What do you want out of the Christian life? It's not a selfish question. It's not a selfish question, okay? But what do you want from this life? Okay, here's what we should want. Here's one of the things that we should want. I want to be all that the Lord wants me to be. I want to grow in grace. When the Bible talks about growing in grace, it's talking about spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity. 
Now, all of us are on different levels. All of us are on different rungs of the ladder. Let me put it that way. All of us are not in the same place spiritually. But here's what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter number 2 and verse number 2. He says, as newborn babes desire the sincere or pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And this is not just talking about the brand new Christian. Yes, as a brand new, as a, as a new Christian, you should want and have that desire to grow. But even those, quote, seasoned Christians, those who have been Christians for years, those who have been serving the Lord for a long time, you also need to continue to desire the pure milk of the word. I have been saved for a lot of years, a lot of years. And I would not be considered, I don't believe I would be considered a babe in Christ as far as time goes. But I've seen a lot, I've done a lot, but I still, like a newborn baby, I still want the word. I still want the word. I still want to feed on the word. He says, desire the pure, sincere milk of the word. Why? So that you may grow. You say, Pastor Michael, you're, you've been saved for years. You're not grown enough yet? No. No, I'm not grown enough yet. No, we need to continue to grow. That's what the Bible says. We are to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. How can you grow in grace and knowledge if you don't take time in the word of God? If you don't know the word, you're not growing in knowledge. Okay? These things are foundational. They are foundational. We need to, and I repeat it, and I will continue to repeat it, we need to make time for the word of God in our lives. The Christian life does not simply consist of going to church on Sunday mornings, entering into worship, having a time of praise, sitting down and listening to uh, the pastor preach, and then go home and live your life. That's not the sum total of what the Christian life is all about. There are struggles. There are battles to be fought and to be won. And the way that you get through those battles, you need to know the word of God. You need to know what the word says. If you don't know what the word says, you are not well and fully equipped to do battle with the devil. Because he knows the word himself. And he knows it better than you and I. And so we need to make sure that we know what the word says. We need to make sure that we know what the word says ourselves. All right, now, let's go to key number five. Key number five. If you want to understand the word of God, number five, I must obey the truth that I already know. Obey the truth that you already know. Now, truth is, none of us knows all the word. None of us. None of us. Some of us know more, but knowing more, listen, knowing more, whatever that means, does not make an individual better. It helps. It helps. But once again, it has to be here. It has to be here. Here's what it says in John 13, 17. If you know these things, talking about the word of God, happy are ye if you do them. Okay? We cannot be, as it speaks about in the book of James, we cannot be simply hearers of the word. Hearers of the word and not doers of the word. We can't hear a great word from our pastor or teacher 
and then say yes and amen and you're right and good job and and then go out and still do our own thing. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Once again, we need to take the word and apply it to our hearts and lives. Here's something that I was taught to do years ago. Years ago. And I still do it. Take notes. Take notes. But don't just take notes to be taking notes. Okay? I asked someone recently, what's the point of taking notes? What's the point of taking notes? It's, it's good. It's a good practice. But what happens to the notes? What do you do with them? Okay? So we must apply ourselves. Take notes and then go back and read what it is that the Lord is saying to you. If that word is anointed, that word is going to speak to you. Take it with you. Take it with you. Take his word with you wherever you go. Take it with you wherever you go. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Now, let's go to key six, which we, which we have already revealed. Key number six, James chapter one and verse number 22. You must be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Okay, that's James chapter one, verse number 22. You see, when we do this, when we are just simply hearers and not doers, it shows that we are not passionate. It shows that we really uh, are not serious about wanting to know, wanting to learn, wanting to understand. I've seen, I've seen people over the years uh, sit in the vicinity of a Bible study, but not enter into the Bible study. Sit in the vicinity. Sit in the back or sit in the corner. The Bible study is going on here. Step in. What are you doing? What are you doing? I know what is going on. They really did not come for Bible study. It's not that important. I came to hear music. I came to praise and worship and dance and, and sing. That's what I'm here for. I'll let them finish their Bible study and then I will do what I have to do. This is not good. We need to make time for Bible study. We need to make time for Bible study. Okay? It will strengthen. It will strengthen. Key number seven. Key number seven. <clears throat> I must not only, if I'm going to understand the word of God, I must not only learn Christ's commandments, but I must learn to keep his commandments. You understand what I'm saying now? I must not only learn the commandments, don't just learn what it says, but I have to be willing to keep what it says. That mirrors what we just said. Don't be a hearer only. Be a doer. Don't be a don't be a, a learner only, but be a keeper. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 20. It says, teaching them to observe. That means put into practice. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Learn and keep. Don't just learn to know. Don't just learn to get. Learn to keep and learn so that you can do and apply. That's the rule. We want to learn so we can carry it out. Don't just fill your head with knowledge. Because there are many individuals, many individuals, and churches are full of these individuals who are knowledgeable of the word of God. I know what it says. If you tell them, they will say, I know, I know. But here's, <laughs> here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that demons also believe. 
and they tremble. Demons believe. Demons know. And demons believe in God also. But they tremble. Because they know his power. They know his power. Not that they've ever received his power. They've been on the receiving end of his power as far as uh, as far as punishment, maybe at some point in time. But it is not a good thing to learn just to learn, to learn just to say, I know, but yet and still do not observe and do not keep what has been learned. Okay, application, application, application. Okay, key number eight, if I'm going to understand if I'm going to understand the word of God, I must take heed not only to the doctrine. This is very important. I must take heed not only to the doctrine. Make sure you know what it says. Make sure you understand what it says. But I must also take heed to myself. I must always, I must always also take heed to myself. Here's what it says. In 1 Timothy uh, chapter number 4 and verse number 16. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 16. It says, take heed. This is Paul speaking to young Timothy. He says, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. To yourself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. That means persevere. Don't stop. For in doing this, you shall both save yourself and those that hear thee. And so there needs to be, there needs to be this fire, this passion, this perseverance. Take heed to the doctrine. Make sure you know it. Make sure you learn it. Make sure you understand it. But also, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Take heed to yourself. Watch yourself. Watch the doctrine. Make sure the doctrine that you're hearing is correct. And also, watch yourself. Okay? The Bible says to guard your heart because out of your heart flow the issues of life. Out of your heart flows the issues of life. Now, <clears throat> here's what it says in Acts chapter number 20 and verse 28. This is the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul speaking. He says, take heed therefore to yourselves. And to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. He's talking to leadership right there. Leadership of all people need to make sure they take heed to the doctrine. Because what leadership says is where congregation will go. Whatever direction leadership goes is the same direction that the congregation will go. So it's very important that leadership stay on track. It is very important that leadership does not get caught up in deception. Because that makes leadership responsible. There are many in leadership who are drawing and pulling their congregations into places of error. Most of the time inadvertently, but yet and still it needs to happen. Lord Please, show us your truth. Show us your truth. Don't let us be the prey and the victims of, of deception. I'm going to read verse number 28 again. Uh, Acts chapter 20 and verse 28 because it's so important. Take heed, therefore. Take heed. Listen, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Pastors are there to feed the flock. Pastors are there to feed the flock the word of God. Pastors are responsible to make sure they are abounding in the spirit of truth and they must take pains pastors leadership must take pains 
not to lead their flocks into error. They must take pains. I mean, really take pains because pastors are responsible for the flock. Take heed, therefore, to yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God. Pastors are responsible for the people that the Lord has placed under them to watch over, not to lord over, but to watch over and to feed. Christians need to have the proper spiritual diet. The proper spiritual diet. Equal amounts of prayer, equal amounts of worship, equal amounts of praise, equal amounts of, of Bible study, equal amounts of evangelism. We need to have the proper spiritual diet. We'll be blessed when we do so. Let's go to key number nine. And we touched on this earlier. I must understand if I'm going to comprehend the word, I need to know, I need to understand that Bible study is hard work. Bible study is hard work. Oh, yes. Here's what it says in Second uh, Timothy chapter uh, chapter. 2 and verse number 15. Study. That means be diligent. Make every effort. Study to show thyself approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing the word of truth. You see, the reason why you see there rightly dividing, because it's possible for the word to be wrongly divided. But as long as we are dwelling and allowing the spirit of truth to feed us, we will rightly divide the word of truth. You see, when we move away from biblical truth, when we move away from what the Bible says, things can get very twisted biblically. We will come to wrong conclusions. If our foundation is not proper, everything that comes up will be a little bit skewered, a little bit off balance, a little bit off base, twisted, if we don't have the proper foundation. Things will begin to happen. Things will begin to happen. I had someone tell me years ago, had someone tell me years ago, uh, an individual came outside, a pastor came outside with a, with uh, shirt sleeves, he had, he had just finished preaching. He came. He came outside. It was kind of chilly outside, quite chilly. I was out there myself, and so I told him, "Hey, you need to run back in. You, 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 you're going to get sick. You, you, you have to get a jacket." And he looked at me with all seriousness and simply said, "Sickness is not for me." He said it boldly. He said it proudly. I understood what he was talking about. I understood where it was coming from. Because I heard him preach. But listen, if you if you don't take care of your body, if your body is wet and you go outside in cold air and you just stay there, you are opening up the possibility of sickness in your body. You're opening up that possibility. So once again, we, we, we need to be very careful uh, that we don't twist the word of God. There are germs out there. <laughs> yeah, you want to say sickness is of the devil, that's fine. And it's probably true. But trust me, all of us are going to get taken out of this world by something. Unless something else happens, something is going to happen and we are going to leave here with something in our body that has come in and tried to attack us. Okay, so let's study, be diligent, to show ourselves approved unto God. Let's rightly divide the word of truth. Here's key number 10. Here's our final key. And I have three uh, more points to give you after that. If I'm going to understand the word of God, I'm going to comprehend it. I must realize 
That understanding is a gift. It is a gift from the Lord. And so that means that I must be right with the Lord and spiritually prepared and ready to receive understanding from him. Now that's saying a lot. And what we're simply saying is your heart needs to be right. Your heart needs to be right. This has echoes of, of the first point. You must be saved. But even if you're not, if you are saved, your, your life still needs to be on par. On par does not mean perfect. You are not perfect. I am not perfect. But you're, you must be reaching out. Remember we said you must have that desire to do the will of God. You must have that desire. And so I need to realize that if I'm going to, to grow spiritually, if I'm going to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord, if I'm going to understand what the Bible is saying to me, I need to be spiritually prepared to receive it. Spiritually prepared to receive that understanding from him. Here's what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 7. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. James chapter 1 and verse number 21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity, that means excess, of naughtiness, and receive with meekness. There's a humility that goes along with desiring to receive the word, receive understanding. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. I got to be willing to lay my life down. To lay my desires, my wants down and adopt his way. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Teach me thy way, O Lord. It's so, so very important. <clears throat> now, we've given you these 10 keys. But let me also give you three uh, words of warning. Three words that I have to say, I have to call them words uh, of warning. Three things that need to happen. Rather, if these three things do happen, we will have problems. We will have problems if we don't uh, allow these things to happen in our life. We will have problems. No if, no ands, and no buts about it. <clears throat> amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. And amen to you too. Amen. We just bless the Lord and we thank him uh, for all that he does. Okay. We thank the Lord for all that he does. You have to understand. Listen, these are not the three points. But the, the Bible, the Bible, once you get this Bible, once you get on a regimen and read the Bible, for all it is worth, uh, the Bible is going to make you strong. The Bible is going to give you assurance. The Bible will, and this is what we need, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible, the Bible will keep you from sin. The Bible will keep you from sin. But also remember that sin will keep you from the Bible. Sin will keep you from the Bible. It will keep me from error. Okay? It will keep you from error. The Bible also will warn you. It will protect you. It will pierce your soul. The Bible is what we need. More than anything else, the Bible, the Bible is what we need. Amen? Well, amen. Amen. We know that if we don't take this Bible with us, we know that the truth is that hard times are coming. Hard times are coming. All right? And if you don't, number one, as we said a few weeks ago, if you don't have a word's eye view, if you don't have a word's eye view, of 
uh, things in your life. Look, in other words, look at everything from the standpoint of the word of God. If you do not look at things from the standpoint of the word of God, you are going to have problems. You are going to have problems. Amen. Now, let me give you these three. They are actually warnings before we close. Number one, the Bible should never be tampered with. Don't tamper with it. Don't play with the Bible. In other words, don't add anything to it and don't try to take anything away from it. This is what error does. Error either adds something to the Bible that it doesn't say or error takes something away from the Bible that it does say. Here's what it says in Revelation chapter 22, verses 18 and 19. It says, if any man shall add unto these things, talking about the word of God, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life. Okay? So be very, very careful. We don't have time to explain what all that means. It's sort of self-explanatory, uh, but we won't take the time to, to, to explain it all right here. Here's warning number two concerning the word of God. Do not reject the word of God. It is dangerous. It is dangerous to reject the word. Here's what it says in 2 Timothy chapter number four, verses two to four. It says, preach the word. And you know how that goes. Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. But here's what it goes on to say. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Ladies and gentlemen, we are there. We are there. People are not enduring. People are not uh, embracing, taking, receiving sound that is proper, correct doctrine it says and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables turn from truth to fables a fable is something that is not true a fable may sound good it may have a nice ring to it a fable can be religious it can be tradition it can be many things, but it's not truth. Pure truth. And so we need to make sure that we do not reject the Bible by turning from the truth and turning into something that is not true. Final error. Final error. And warning, rather. It is dangerous not to believe the Bible. It is dangerous not to believe the Bible. And I know that's where most of the world is. Most of the world is under the sway of the devil, First John tells us. And these individuals do not believe what the Bible says. I had a young girl tell me years ago, a young girl, she was probably just got out of high school. And she told me that the Bible was a book of fables. There were fairy tales. It wasn't true. And I'm thinking to myself, even that long, and this was a long time ago that this happened, but I never forgot this young lady. And my thinking then as well as now is, how did a young lady like that have those ideas already festering in her mind? How did she come out with that? Who had been talking to her? She had to be 17 or 18 years old, and she had already come to this conclusion that the Bible was fake. I never saw her again. I don't know whatever happened to her. But it struck me at that time. Here's what it says in Hebrews chapter number 3, verses 7 and 8, and verse number 12. Today, if you will hear his voice, and he speaks through his word, if you will hear his voice, he says, harden not, your heart. Take heed, brethren, verse number 12, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. 
Take heed. So the question is, as we close out this study for tonight, do you believe the word of God? Do you believe it? Not do you read it. Not do you listen to it. Not do you go to church and hear your pastor or preacher or whoever talk to it about, uh, talk, uh, read the word to you, preach it to you. Do you believe what it says? Every word, every chapter, every line, do you believe it? Or have you picked and chosen which part you believe and which part you don't? Well, you know that story about the Red Sea. I, I don't know about that. I don't know if a uh, if, uh, whole body of water can just open up on both sides. Uh, oh, turn. Well, I don't know. I don't know if anybody can actually turn water into wine. Uh, uh, you know, listen, if you're going to believe the Bible, you believe it as a whole. As a whole, you cannot pick and choose which parts are for you and which parts are not. It is all God's word. And that makes it true. That makes it reliable. That makes it powerful. That makes it active for your life. Do not disbelieve the Bible. The Bible says here, that unbelief, if you do not believe his word, if you do not hearken to his voice, it means you have an evil heart of unbelief. This is God's word. It is true. So Lord, we bless your name tonight. We thank you once again for giving us this opportunity to share your word. Lord, we thank you for those who have uh, come to listen, to hear your word tonight. Lord, we pray you will speak to every heart, speak to every life, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray you will plant your word in our hearts that we might not sin against you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we pray that you will have your way in all that we do and all that we say. Lord, we know that your word has something to say about it. Lord, help us to apply your word. Lord, we don't want to be just uh, hearers and not doers, but Lord, we want to do as you have spoken. Lord, help us through your Holy Spirit to live this life that you want us to live. Speak to us, Lord, through your word. We bless you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We bless the name of the Lord tonight. We thank him once again for giving us this opportunity. We thank you for joining us. We thank you for uh, the questions. We thank you for the responses tonight. We pray you'll continue to be with us next week. Next week, we'll continue on. We just have a couple of more uh, a couple of more studies here in this particular uh, series before we move on to another series. Uh, but we want to let you know uh, that next week we will be moving on into the area of error, specific error. We want to talk about perversions of the word, perversions of the word of God. Amen. So we thank you for joining us. You can uh, go to our website at that's the word.org. You can also go to our, you can also go uh, to our YouTube channel. You can go to our YouTube channel. That's the word ministries, and you can uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We pray that you'll take the time to do that. Uh, you can always find us here every Tuesday, every Wednesday night, rather. You'll find us here over Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and Spreaker.com. That is our podcast platform. We have many other podcasts that we have produced. You go there, and, we'll, and you'll find them all there. You can also find all of our podcasts over CastBox, uh, Podcast Addict, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Amen. So we thank the Lord for what he is doing in our midst. I'm Pastor Michael Jakes. Thank you for joining us on the study tonight. We pray that you've been blessed and we'll see you next time. May God bless you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.